Welcome to the Rumpus Room. Hey everybody, how's it going out there? It's the boys from the Midwest back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room and let's hit him with the takeaway message of the day. Dopamine versus serotonin. I've been reading a good book and it has really helped me understand, I think, the brain chemistry and the what I've learned is that I have a deficiency in dopamine and most people, they, they're in the book, they qualify people as either a sword or a shield. A sword means you're deficient in dopamine. Some characteristics are like you're a little more on the extroversion side. You start new things easier. You're usually better with people. You're more interested in those types of things. Um, and the shields are deficient in serotonin. And so they're really good at focusing on one task. They're really detail oriented. They're driven on their one certain task. So obviously the world needs both of these types of people. So what their argument is, and I think it's a PhD and a physician is our, our cult, our society is half and half right now. So you either, you can kind of, there's a spectrum. So you've got like, you don't have you don't have any dopamine and so you're kind of crazy in terms of trying to fill that need of dopamine which is you, know, you think of addictions mm-hmm. or you have really really low serotonin think like high depression a, a like a lot of anxiety people with low serotonin generally have a bunch of anxiety they're you know thinking about all the negative things so um it helped me i think think about you know, my, myself a little bit more objectively and what's the brain chemistry driving me to. So what I was most interesting is the solution. So the solution for somebody like, I'd say more like me or somebody that has, you know, more of the sore tendency is to do two 10 minute sessions of doing nothing. So sitting there in your chair and you can't do anything, you can't move. You can like obviously think, but it's basically like a meditation. So that helps really, really well. And they said that actually helps the serotonin levels because it balances you as a balances you more as a human kind of back to your natural level, where if you're in kind of a, you know, getting a bunch of dopamine by watching a bunch of YouTube videos or Instagram or serotonin, same way, you're kind of filling your brain with all of these, these chemicals. But if you aren't filling your brain with chemicals, it kind of the, the wave dissipates a little bit. So that helped me a bunch this week, I think, to objectify something that's going on. And they were like, you know what? You're not lazy. These are very natural chemicals. They're there to make, to have humans, to motivate humans, basically, to make you want to do stuff. Hmm. That was their theory. It's a good book. Did they say that you should, like, not even try to meditate? like do nothing, nothing, as opposed to like trying to force yourself into some sort of a meditative state. Do you know what I mean? Cause like meditation takes effort typically. Yep. So there's, they actually had, they had 20 minutes of meditation and 20 minutes of doing nothing. So the doing nothing was not quite a meditative state. So they recommended both. I don't, I didn't, I skipped over the other, the, the shields. 
Part, <laughs> so I was like, it. you know what? I don't, I don't know if I need to read this right now. I got to find all, I need all my solutions right now. Yeah. So it was really, I don't know what the recommendation was. I did see in a later chapter that it did say for shields meditation was something that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. Moral of the stories. Everybody should just meditate more. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, and you know, again, this was all, I, what I liked about it was very objective data data. Sure. It wasn't like one product, one person who's telling you to meditate, you know, and then buy their, their ebook and read Mm -hmm. their, join their, you know, mastermind and whatever. So it was pretty good, but, uh, yeah, pretty much meditating throughout my life (laughs) has been the one constant, like, God, I gotta do that more all the time. (laughs) Slow down, you idiot. (laughs) Well, takeaway message last week was I need to write and not type because writing is slower than typing. So it mm-hmm. slows me. Down. So it's like that's and any mistakes you make, you're moving too fast. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just that's the way the way things are right now. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, we're we are all just like toddlers with a knife, and that's like what is happening with the digital world right now is we're just a bunch of toddlers wielding these incredibly um, impactful technologies that we really don't understand the consequences of quite yet. And um, I've seen my kid brandish a knife enough to know that uh, it's there, there can be consequences. And I think there's a lot of that. Uh, I got a call last night from a research colleague of mine who's all fired up because there's this data scientist who correlated Taylor Swift song lyrics and did sentiment analysis and then looked at the social media behavior of people who have listened to her music on Spotify and hmm. found out that people who listen to Taylor Swift are more likely to be depressed and have mental health <laughs> issues. Oh, no. <laughs> And it's like not a causation thing, but it's definitely right. Like, you know, correlation yeah. doesn't imply causation, but um, yeah, he was like, you know, that he did a sentiment analysis of the lyrics and um, sorted out the social media posts. And um, it's an interesting paper. So I was chatting with him last night. Uh, he's the king of calling me at like 8 39, 30, 10 o'clock on a Saturday night and being like, hey, I got this idea I want to run by you uh okay let's do it and um so he reached out to them him this morning i saw the email we'll see if we end up getting engaged with this gentleman but it was pretty fascinating uh piece of uh literature that you know um especially given the fact that that taylor swift was in town and all over it was it was very topical and and quite comical but so you lived close to the event like kind of to the madness did you notice a difference in the city at all or was it uh contained there were just a lot of short skirts everywhere that's about it um there was just tons of you know like kind of little weird dresses and stuff because she wanted people to dress up as like the whatever eras that she was singing in so there were just a bunch of girls around wearing you know like more costumey type clothes than like Mm -hmm your regular clothes so a lot of dresses a lot of weird kind of middle school type stuff you know like you'd see adults wearing like what a middle schooler would wear and you're kind of like oh that's interesting but um that was about it it could have been for pride too i have no idea but uh, there was certainly a younger female 
clientele around, which, well, well I'm sure they if have anybody them. knows fashion, it's you and I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very, very plugged <laughs> into the trends. So if anybody uh, knows what is currently in or just leaving, it's you and I. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of, we, we, we know. It, yeah. Uh, it's a constant struggle between utility and, um, and, and, uh, I mean, that's really it between utility and price. <laughs> vibe. <laughs> yeah. Utility and, yeah. Utility and what's vibe clean? is really, yeah. What, what's clean. Um, I'm a big proponent of the uniform pr- approach, uh, have been for years. And my son is very much picking up on that as well. Um, for example, he gets extremely fixated on his footwear and mm. it's 80, 90 degrees out. And he wants to throw his socks and shoes on every single time we go out of the house. And I don't blame him because have you ever caught and been in a situation where you've wanted to have sneakers on and you've had sandals? It's terrible. As a child, that's uh, your, your, your miles per hour goes down and it's about half. Yeah. You're so much less prepared. I mean, when you got sneakers on, you're just ready for action. Yeah, you can jump and go and do whatever. So I don't really blame him. I don't want to hamper his mobility by 2% by throwing a pair of Velcro sneakers on, or Velcro sandals on him. And he doesn't either, apparently. Oh, man. <laughs> I remember the kind of the craze around those sandals where they Velcro. There's basically like a Velcro over the toe and then around the ankle and yep. then the back. Oh, yeah. The, the Tevas. The Tevas. Yep, he's got. I was not a fan of those because you you couldn't you couldn't reach max speed in those bad boys. So no. I'm fine with sweaty feet as long as I can hit top MPH. I mean, you just got to hit your your top speed. That's the most important thing. I mean, clothing, like I said, it's a trade off between vibe and utility, and he is doubling down on utility right now, which I really like. Yeah. Although the the three straps on his sneakers too look pretty good. It it definitely is a bit of a vibe. He's recently started to go with the he's bringing the hat game forward, which is pretty hilarious. So, he used to hate wearing baseball caps, but now all of a sudden he wears he wants to wear his hat, but he only wants to wear his hat backwards. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Not a lot of that. That decision right there is pure vibe. So oh, yeah, he's got business on the bottom and vibe in it on the top. It also, could be aerodynamic. Could be keeps the hair, you know, more contained. I don't know, um, but he's really peculiar about his clothing choices, um, as I am. And there, there was You've always not, been like that. I have been there, and there, there was not that level of peculiarity or utility in selections of clothing this weekend. But that's about all I could pick up on clothing choices. Though I'll tell you, um, I think I wore a pair of windbreaker pants every day in third grade because of the increased utility that it afforded you on the playground you can't sneak up on anyone but you can get around fast (laughs) and you know at that point we were really not playing yeah we were not playing sneak up games 
No. It was, it was pretty much like you're coming to the arena and everybody knows that the game is on. Game so, is always on at that age. And I had my sneakers tied and my windbreakers on and a tee. And there was just nothing more utilitous at that time. And this was these were the days before Under Armour and all of the all of the high performance gear. So at the time it was Umbro. And for those of our those of you younger listeners may not know <laughs> I don't even know if they're still around or Umbrero or whatever. It was the old soccer brand. I recall having a couple of uh pairs of windbreaker pants. And yeah, going to the water fountain during the middle of school, you did have a people could hear you coming. There's always noise. <laughs> uh yeah not today though so that was about it uh and then we went to um another uh we had a bunch of parties this weekend and uh there was a gender reveal my first gender reveal that i had been to um everybody got everybody was distributed a cupcake and then there was a countdown everybody bit into the cupcake and there was the gender which Mm. ended up being pretty cute i i enjoyed it and um turns out he's having a boy so join the club join the club yes indeed the other thing that happened to us though was um i was going we had these three parties on the same day and uh we're trying to make it to all of them so i made a business decision to park in a area that you shouldn't be parking and it was posted they're going to tow your car whatever but we were only going to be at this particular uh, bar restaurant for like 30 minutes while we were headed to another place and my wife's very pregnant so i was not wanting her to have to walk a far distance and so i was like whatever they're probably not watching the lot they were so our car got towed it was, they it got towed like half a mile away not a big deal at all but um the i looked out the window because i was trying to keep my eye on it and um then all of a sudden it was gone and i just kind of sprinted out of the restaurant and uh then was like oh well i got to deal with this bs right now um so i just called up an uber and i went right there and um uh as I was waiting for my Uber, my wife came out and she was like, Oh my gosh, everybody freaked me out so bad because they saw you running after the car and they all started to freak out and they ran over to the window and made this big deal about it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's a bit embarrassing. Um, and I, I, they, they had had some libations. So, um, and now, and now there's all these THC infused drinks as well. So people are starting to, mix and match and um there was a lot of concern from the group and i was kind of like you know i was an idiot i was cutting corners i parked in this stupid lot and they towed me and i should have been smarter so like whatever i'm just gonna go i'm just gonna pay for it i'm gonna get the car and come back and be done with this Mm -hmm. and it's one of those situations where I try not to think about it because it's like, I work very hard in my life that if 
I need to pay for me trying to cut a corner and take responsibility for it. Like it's really not going to be something that I'm going to, is going to ruin my night or get me down or whatever. And then, so finally I get the car back and I, and this it probably took me 30 minutes total to do this. So not That's a big not deal. bad. No. And, um, I get back and every, all, all these guys come out who are at the party and we're like, Oh my gosh, man, that sucks so bad. Screw those people, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, really guys, just don't worry about it. It's my own stupidity and you don't need to be worried about this. And I appreciate you trying to be empathetic with the struggle, but it's not even worth it. Like, let's just not talk about it anymore. And they kept on kind of coming back to it and we're like, Oh, screw that. That sucks, man. And I was like, why do you, I don't know. You're making way too big of a deal out of it. And it was just, and then my wife was like, yeah, I think they were just high. So I was like, oh, <laughs> that, that could be it too. So maybe they were just paranoid and blowing it out of proportion. But um, yeah, some people, they're very, they like to talk things out too. Like they, they're, they're expressing their, their emotion or they're getting it off of their chest. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, I, I know some people like that. Well, they'll just kind of, it, it has to come out through their mouth. You know, they don't think about it and it's probably stressing them out a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. And I didn't want any of them to like have to continue to feel stressed about it. It was like, I was trying to cut corners. I, it's minor inconvenience, pay the fine, whatever. And, uh, on with our day. So, um, I was I, people I, like a good little drama too. They do. They do. And that was the thing that it was clear about is like, people just wanted to kind of keep talking about it. And I also, you know, I feel like I look like the idiot in that situation. So I'm like, look, let me just accept responsibility. I don't need to continue yeah. to relive this with you right here yeah. about how I decided to park in a lot that I wasn't supposed to park in for 20 minutes. So whatever, but it was a minor inconvenience. And then, uh, went on with the rest of our uh, Saturday afternoon, but um, I'll get into some of that other situation in later uh, segments uh, during our lightning strikes, but um, any other topics on the mind of you? Well, one of the things, so I watched The Hangover as like a, just a fun thing on Saturday with my wife and we were talking and I think, I don't know if anyone can pinpoint when the bachelor party craze started. And we've talked about this a lot, but when did bachelor parties become such a crazy, like we're going to spend a bunch of money, you know, like to the next level. And I, I think the hangover has a big, my theory is the hangover has a big influence on why it became what it kind of became. Because it started out like, okay, we're going to do a stag party. Maybe we'll go out and go golfing or we're going to do paintballs. But then it started to just like escalate extremely to an extreme level. And I think the hangover, I watched it and I'm like, I can see how people wanted to recreate this movie all the time. You know, like, oh my gosh, I don't remember. It's like all of these like little inside jokes that come with it. And it's... Mm -hmm bunch of fun to talk about and then the wedding is just so epic and it's just this like big huge glamorized thing and I, I i was just thinking i think that could have been one of the tipping points into this 
kind of party craze. And I, you know, I don't know if it's right, but <clears throat> I was thinking it cause I just was like, you know, after being through this phase of life, you know, like 15 years of it, probably maybe 20 years of going to bachelor parties and hearing about them. It's like, well, the timing works out pretty well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just came out. And I remember watching it being like, oh, that looks like so much fun and it's just crazy and it's wild. And so that's my, that's my, that's my thought. I think hangover started it all. Yeah, I, I certainly think it was a catalyzing event of, you know, it was, it was first launched in 2019 or that's when the movie came, or, uh, excuse me, 2009. And, um, yeah, I agree. It was, it was right around that Gen X getting married time frame, uh, late two thousands, um, early two thousands to some degree where that appeared to start being more of a thing. Um, I saw, I observed that with our cousins. I also think it's generally just like people have slightly more of a performative nature today, I think than like we did in the past. So having a huge bachelor party or bachelorette party, um, there's some sort of desire for status that comes out of it in terms of the pecking order. And so I think just, you know, the more insecure the people are or the group is, and also, you know, people have way more disposable income than they used to when they're getting married. So instead of, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds getting married, we're talking about 28 to 35 year olds who have been working for 10 years and like of, of vacation to a city is like nothing for them with no obligations and some rented condo on their, you know, (laughs) like it's, it's such a different ball game for like, the different generations that didn't have those um, freedoms that we did. So, you know, I think you just kind of add gasoline to that situation. And next thing you know, it's Nashville is now called Nash Vegas and that it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Every city you go into, you know, you see them all, all over there, even on, even in uh, Northwest Wisconsin, there was a couple on the lake this weekend so hmm. you could see him bouncing around it's it's a fun time i will say that's a fun fun wave of life is when you're getting married and having these parties it's fun to see your friends going through that too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's uh it's it's quite far away um once you <laughs> once you start down that road of having children uh the amount of time you can go spend those weekends just really goes down. I was connecting with a bunch of my old high school friends and, uh, I used to do a bunch of cross country skiing with this group of guys and they, that's what we had in common. So that's what we were talking about. And, and they're asking me like, Oh, did you get out a bunch this year? And I was like twice, you know, um, yeah. you gotta really pick and choose your habits when you're, um, child rearing. So, um, it was interesting, but, um, should we get into clickbait of the week? Sure. But what I want to ask one kind of important question that I was mm-hmm. thinking about this weekend. Um, so my wife cleaned the toilet mm-hmm. and I had to go to the bathroom. I had to pee. So I peed 
mm-hmm. and I was wondering, do I leave it in there? Oh, with the detergent. Flush? You know, the question of... Do you maximize the length of time? Do you want to push the envelope? And I drank a bunch of water, so it wasn't like Mm -hmm. unhealthy. So I was trying to figure out what the the right move was. And I... So the cleaning cleaning solution's in the toilet is what you're saying. Cleaning solution's in the toilet. It's there. It's doing its work. Sure. And obviously you'd want to extend the length of time that the cleaning solution is in the toilet, thus Mm -hmm. deepening the cleaning experience for the toilet. Yes. Maybe I was adding extra water, like you think if you're washing your hands and the bubbles get big. And then what you're asking is where is the threshold between when that water is sullied? Yeah, when when does it turn from a positive to a negative? <laughs> and I think you're right that level of hydration has a big impact on yeah. that situation. So hangover pee, probably not want to sit around. Yeah, <laughs> 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 <Let laughs> me go. If your pee is heavy, uh, I'm going to say no. If it's if it's non-minerally, you haven't taken your vitamins yet. Your kidneys have been, you know, doing their thing. I, you know, that is, that's a great question. I, um, I always, I think I do flush and I always wince a little bit at the lost opportunity. Yeah. You want to leave it further cleaning. Did I ruin this clean? Mm -hmm. I always, well, and the, the ultimate decision make the ultimate decide or the reason why in my head I flush is I just have my wife's voice in my head <laughs> saying, ew, <laughs> coming in and saying, why did you just like, why did you leave it? You know, that, mm-hmm. that conversation, I'm not looking forward to having basically this discussion because I don't think it would be very objective. No. <laughs> well, and I, I think you could make a case to say, you know, my, contribution to the cleaning solution doesn't overpower the existence of the cleaning solution in the bowl. I mean, that's, that's a pretty significant argument to say the second one drop sullies it. Like what I'm, what I'm adding to that mixture is going to overpower the net positive benefits of longer soak time. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, if, okay, so you are cleaning a toilet. That means obviously prior to cleaning solution, there's something in there. So, <laughs> and you're doubling like it, down on the solution to overpower that. Yeah. It's already overpowering a <laughs> thing, whatever it is. We no judgment on this podcast here. So, uh-huh. it's like, you're basically throwing it's like a it's like a uh, prized boxer he's already mm-hmm. had 35 knockouts what's 36 you know <laughs> uh, do you take him out of the ring or you just let him keep yeah. on swinging perhaps get a little more beat up than before but still net long term more beneficial 
a better use of everyone's time and energy really he's is what gonna it still to. keep fighting mm-hmm. or do you want to pull him out of the ring do you want to see if this is throwing number... the towel early yeah right. or do you want to well, trust the abilities i would suppose it would come down to the you know volume of cleaning solution etc you know there's got to be a mythbusters episode about this thing out there so if anybody wants a science project uh maybe you know what this is something i'll recommend i'll i'll casually posit in in case i've got a young scientist in the house that wants to take this up and figure it out hey you know what i've always wondered (laughs) you know my (laughs) dissertation my phd Uh, at what point does additional urine become a net detractor of the cleaning experience? Yeah. A meta-analysis. Meta-analysis. <laughs> we've reviewed the literature out there, <laughs> and we've determined that of the four studies that exist, two of them had to be discounted for various different reasons. Yeah, I don't know. That is a uh, that's a question for the ages, right there. You know, and I thought from a marketing standpoint. So good you can still pee in it. Is... <laughs> could, be, could, be, could, could take this. To... You know, it's going to connect with a certain audience, that's for sure. And that audience is listening to this podcast right I'm now. Sure you, would have, <laughs> you would have a bunch of. I think you'd have a bunch of support and you would also have a lot of, I would say wives who would Mm -hmm. know, well, this is really strong. Mm -hmm. You know, they would say, you know what? I trust this so much because I know that it can put up with that. So we'll contract or compare that to the continuous approach, which you see in some toilets where, you know, they've got the, they dropped the little thing in the back. Yeah, that gets just a general soaking every yeah. single every single time, which seems to me to be um, it's the the clean upper decker. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's like the home team right there. You're just always you're just always throwing it in. You're just always. <laughs> You really padding the stats at that point. You really just, <laughs> it seems a little excessive, but maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe there's varying levels of, or maybe you've like taught your dog to pee in the toilet or something and you just really need that extra punch with every single flush. It's like, we're, we're, we're addressing the problem head on with Clorox it's, every single all right, time. We're done. Every flush, we're going to clean. We can't, we can't do it. No pee will ever sit in our toilet unabated by some by some cleaning cutting agent. Some some homes have that type of approach towards germs, and yep, it's never been something that I think was commonplace in our family or extended family. Really. No, that's not primary. That's not the primary. And and you pass. In addition to other things, your toilet cleaning expectations and practices down from generation to generation. One thing I was thinking about for all of those mothers out there, they know 
the problem isn't the toilet. <laughs> it's everywhere else. <laughs> if you if you if you come from a house where you know there's any sort of aiming involved. <laughs> Three boys. If there's any if there's any margin for error whatsoever. It, there's you gonna could, be a lot of error. You could, you could put six of those things in there, but you are, you are. <laughs> I mean, even even when the majority of the activity happens below the line, there's still some risk in certain instances. You're you're. It's it's rare. I would say that everything. Yeah, that everything happens below the line. <laughs> if I had to put a number on it, <laughs> we're, we're talking. I mean, I would say 80 20 rule here is pretty good. <laughs> 20 was the number that came in my head. If we're being honest here, yep. I mean, the amount of time that. Uh, <laughs> I've been called into question <laughs> would make me suggest that uh, 8020 is not that far off. And you brought in the infamous upper decker, which, uh, you know, happens. It happens sometimes. And yeah, I mean, what good is that little drip mechanism going to do when you got you know, the fire department going to town <laughs> up on the top. <laughs> or, There's a fire waging in the household. And you're, <laughs> you try to splash a bucket of water on the tree on the outside. <laughs> Just, you, are gonna, you are not going to hit the fire. That is not the problem, my friends. <laughs> Distraction is a very real thing, and it matters. It's not too dissimilar to how when you're driving a car and you start to look at something off in the distance and you start to drive in that general direction. (laughs) (laughs) Same things happens with your hips. And so, you know, you're introducing a lot of error when you're standing above uh, the target. And... um, lack of focus really just comes back to get you like you really have to be focused and that's what it came down to when i've been reprimanded you know like what are you thinking well clearly i'm not thinking about this there was nothing going on up there margin for error far exceeded the uh the task ability to concentrate the ability to concentrate on the task at hand yes indeed so you know, now yeah, at yelling at your brothers also was a problem when you had mm-hmm. <clears throat> ongoing fights, mm-hmm. which still one of my favorite stories of all time is a friend of ours uh, who um, <laughs> was potty trained to drop everything off at the at the intended location, but was not necessarily taught that there were was any necessary follow-up activity after the the drop-off uh there was no checkout there was <laughs> there was no checkout process whatsoever there was there was a deposit and there was no close the accounts really it was 
drop the money off and scurry out of there. Don't shut the door <laughs> and make sure everything is okay. Uh, there's no closing of the account whatsoever there's no review there's no consultation whatsoever there is just a discard and an exit strategy uh and when you meet this gentleman you'll understand the need to get back in the action i mean it it's not hard to understand why somebody would find it such an inconvenience to clean up uh, after to clean up, clean up the accounts? Uh, really, uh, there's there's no balancing of the checkbook there. Uh, just deposits and back into the action. And like I said, I was wearing wind pants in order to gain that extra advantage in football. So here's a guy who's just really concerned about efficiency. And hey, yep. when you've got somebody else that is the uh, sewage and laundry department, <laughs> you know, it's a team sport. And if everybody's willing to play their roles, you might as well take advantage of it. I'm on offense. <laughs> the last thing Only. you can be doing is thinking about the defensive getting side back, of the situation. Get, get getting back on defense. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to score. We, we have a we have a batch process for the cleaning of that. <laughs> the last thing I'm going to need to it do will is be handled further on down the line in a more efficient manner. <laughs> That's way further down the supply chain. They will all be handled at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> One location. And then they're going to magically show up at my top drawer and everything's going to be fine. And this went on for years, mind you. (laughs) Uh, uh, um, Oh, our poor mothers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's a fun, it's a fun thing. Toilet humor, shit jokes. Oh, goodness. Should we uh, hit them with clickbait of the week? Yeah, yeah, hard to hard to transition off that one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not uh, something you, that their previous colleague had an issue with his transition. He was back in action immediately. You know, no efficiency. <laughs> no timeouts. From one whatsoever. thing to another, <laughs> fast as possible. I mean, maybe it would just he just. He thought he was moving a little faster, a little grease back there. <laughs> Continue to, you know, keep things pumping. I don't know. Um. Anyway, so uh, clickbait of the week for me was um, there was a bit of a war waging on uh, Reddit. I don't know if you have heard about the Reddit API. Yes, I did. Yeah. So um, there is a subreddit call and so basically the reddit ceo is excuse me raising their prices for api access a lot of people are angry about that so there's various different protests on the platform one of them which is a very not safe for work activity is uh there's a subreddit called interesting as f-u-c-k and for whatever reason there's been this massive revolt of people 
and this is a, a very popular subreddit of people putting pornographic materials on that. And um, so it's been a bit, uh, I've been looking for other social media outlets just in order to minimize exposure to various different um, ads. <clears throat> yeah, advertisements for uh, um, anyway, I'll, I'll just go the uh, so I've been getting back into Twitter, really. And um, I think Twitter has definitely increased in uh, the effectiveness of their algorithm. I find it mm -hmm. to be far more interesting. So uh, Twitter has been has been catching my attention as far as uh, more stuff on that platform so despite elon paring down the engineers from like or the people at twitter from like eight thousand to 500 something like that wow yeah and uh still it functioning in my experience better at least my user experience i find to be better than it was prior to him taking over so that was my clickbait for the week my clickbait of the week was on a take because I'm starting to feel this the 2024 push really get stronger. So I'm getting you're getting more presidential candidates starting to roll out. Uh, more people are coming out, <clears throat> and there's this this uh, they call it social conservatism, which is kind of like the new Republican. So they said basically. Before, the views were on gay marriage, abortion, and guns. So kind of the three main ticket items, and that's your social agenda. Where right now, it sounds like most people are not as, not as you know, hard-pressed on, I mean, gay marriage, I think, has kind of passed us, but guns and abortion isn't the main thing. It's really now more on like this gender ideation and then some of the vaccine stuffs. So it sounds like that that is kind of the new battlegrounds and it may lead to a different take on what a Republican and what a Democrat is. So I thought it'd be an interesting way to see how that shifts over the next, you know, up until the next election to see who's going to kind of try to land grab and see if they can thread the needle, which I don't know if that's really what people are going to do, but I. I do think there's some opportunity right now to, to do that. So, yeah. And, um, non-establishment candidates and the rise of non-establishment candidates is very representative of that, of which there are major non-establishment candidates on both sides at this point. Yep. <clears throat> how about, how about lightning strikes? Lightning strikes was for me, I, at the, at the beginning of the morning, I used to try to listen to something to like get me going, pump me up in terms of like an educational content piece where it was like I'd read a book or I'd do something. But I kept finding myself getting off of whatever my goal was for the day. So I'd kind mm -hmm. of have a general direction that I set at the beginning of the week. And it was really hard for me to stay on where I'm like, you know what? Oh, I really want to kind of follow up on whatever I read. So I... I'm not going that direction in the morning and I'm finding that it's pushing me forward a lot more. So mm. that helped me because I, I really like learning and I think it helps me, but I think it has to be done in the right settings and to not do it 
before I'm really trying to crank some work out. So that was a good, good learning for me this week. Mm-hmm. Mine I referenced earlier in the show, but uh, we were at this party on um, at somebody's lake house. It happens to be on Lake Minnetonka, which is one of the more prestigious waterways in the Twin Cities area. And very expensive real estate, and we were very gracious uh, to be invited to somebody's housewarming party where they were um, showcasing what was quote unquote their dream house. And it was a remarkable property, remarkable property. And this gentleman is a CEO of a very uh, well-known company in the area. And there were a lot of employees that were there. There were a lot of um, friends and family. And um, it was an extremely tasteful event. Very, very, very fun. And there was a putting contest. And um, the gentleman is a golfer. So he has a putting green down by the water. And, uh, they had this putting contest. Is it real or fake? It was fake, Hmm. but it was done really well such that, you know how sometimes the fake ones, they're just like really kind of crappy and you can't, there's not a lot of action on them or the action is extremely stark. Mm -hmm. This one, there was unsuspecting action and it seemed somewhat intentional. It didn't seem haphazard. So. Um, it was kind of an interesting, I'd never seen like an artificial green that was that well done. And, um, business now. yeah, there were, so there's a lot of people staying at his house that were family members in from out of town. And, uh, the, there was a three-way tie for the winner of the putting contest. So they went into a playoff and they played skins and they had this kind of putting course, I don't know, six holes, seven holes or something. And, um, they're playing, there are three guys, the owner of the house and two other guys and two other, two other guys, I think were family members or employees. And, um, everybody was kind of making this joke about beating the host and being like, oh, you're never going to get invited back if you beat him. Ha ha ha. Oh, you're never going to get kicked. You're, you know, you're going to get kicked out of the house if you beat him. Ha ha ha. And I was just a little bit turned off by it. I am not as close to that family. I don't know how they interact. I'm sure it was good hearted joking. Um, but it felt to me like um, somewhat insecure. Message. Yeah, it felt pretty, it felt insecure, really, like from the, you know, um, because I didn't get this feeling that he was that competitive or, and it uh, it, it just struck me as like, there's some people who fear him here for whatever reason. He's intimidating. He's, you know, whatever else. Um, And it just struck me as I know that they were like, kind of just genuinely ribbing him and really showing him that they were like subservient like that's what they were saying is for sure mm-hmm. and i just was he, he seemed a little bit uncomfortable about it all too you know because he was like i would never do that obviously like i don't care about this that much and it, it was just kind of icky so um it was something that struck me that sometimes that good-hearted jeering is um creates distance between people instead of like proving that you're an equal or a friend or something, it uh, added like a strange kind of 
hierarchy dimension. Yeah. That I mean, we've we've been around our fair share of this jeering, mm-hmm. and a lot of it doesn't go as intended. Mm-hmm. I would say ninety percent of it, Rarely. A big chunk of it. I mean, you have to be extremely skilled, but usually the most skillful people are the ones that are the you can kind of feel it the most. So you can feel what they're, you know, you just like, if you want to put your feelings and what you think about people, that's one way to do it. Cause everybody, people can see through what you're saying. It's, not yeah, really hard. it's just a big broadcast. Yeah. Which, um, I'm going to try to do less of personally. So I guess my lightning strike. That's a good one. <clears throat> um, my chicken soup for the soul. I was with my little boy this weekend and I had a moment where we he was eating and I was standing kind of above him and he turned around and maybe it was just a different angle but I just realized how beautiful he was like just I just really felt just everything about how how perfect and great he was looking and it just made me feel really good because it was just like such a feeling that rocked me and it was like wow I don't know if there's anything else that's that looks like this I just had that like true feeling which you get that every once in a while but I was just completely aware to just feel it and it was really nice because it just you know it wasn't an Instagram photo or a picture of anyone that I caught at the right time. It was just kind of my image and feeling. So it was really nice. So I like having those moments. Those are nice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> feel good. Mine. Um, uh, we had, <clears throat> we went out to dinner for uh, our anniversary, my wife and I, and I, we haven't had a very good history of, regular dates like it's just not something we've made enough time for at this point and um it was just one of those instances where it was so nice to actually just talk and have our two respective personalities actually engage with each other as opposed to the constant management of you know a situation a child planning you know execution like um it was really really nice uh just to remember like you know why you are compatible with this person and um very very refreshing and something that is increasingly difficult when uh kids are brought into the mix so um that was my uh chicken soup for the week and that's all we got for you today folks tune again in next week and we'll be back kicking it here in the rumpus room Thank you.